This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome to episode 32 of Chicken Salad. My name is Ben Locke and let me bring in my two co-hosts. First of all, a man who is true, salad and placed to be royalty. It's Lord Logan of Crosland. Good evening to you, Logan. Oh, Jesus. That's uh, that's high praise from you there, my boy. So I appreciate it. Uh, I'll try to be a nice and good Lord, but, you know, I'll do my best. <laughs> no. No, no promises, you know. Uh, we, 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 uh, we, you know, publicise fair and open debate on this show. So, you know, no promises, but we'll we'll give as good as we've got. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my other co-host is a man who is only really interested in the Royal Rumble between Princes William and Harry, but he certainly is no spare around here. It's Earl Callum of McDougal. Oh, hello, sir. Yeah, so talking my regal voice for this one. How are you? <laughs> that's what that was a mix of your regal voice with, with a bit of dusty thrown in there. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, uh, Harry and William got to sort out this scuffle they got going on, baby. <laughs> I, did have some, I did have some racially sensitive material with Harry and Meghan, but I thought I best not, I best not put any of that in, to be honest. Oh, well, I'm glad it was racially sensitive. Well, I mean, oh, well, of course it would have been racially sensitive. You know, it would have been, I'd have just turned myself into every right-wing newspaper in the country, in our country, you know, doing that. Hashtag Ben Locke of the Daily Mail says. The, the Daily Mail, of course, with a headline that says, Oh, spare us on the front cover whilst dedicating 18 pages of the inside to the Harry and Meg, uh, to the Harry book. Yeah, it's great, great stuff. Well, all, all I'm saying is if, if he wants to, if he wants to, to, to trash his family, um, I think Harry and Dominic versus William and Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, that's the way to go. Oh, sort this out in the ring. Could you, could you imagine that? That would be, that would be something. I, I, my money, my money would be on thingy. My money would be on Ray and and and, and Will's. And then a real. It sounds, sounds a thing William can can can, you know, he can throw down. And this is going to sound wrong with a Rhea and Megan uh, and Kate three way to you know. What t- what t- I know, I know. That's why I say it's going to sound wrong. We're, we're going to get a boiler Mysterio in there too. So. <laughs> Now, Callum, tonight's show, as suppose you might have guessed, we've we're watching a Royal Rumble tonight. Callum picked it. What which show have we gone for, Callum? We have gone for um our personal favourite and good friend of yours and mine, Kevin Nash's finest hour. It is the Royal Rumble nineteen ninety four. Excellent, excellent. Um, both of you gents were obviously far too young to watch this show live. Um, I'm guessing sometime around when the network kicked in. Callum, what were you a bit before when you watched this? Uh, no, it would have been it would have been about the time the network kicked in. I, I can't remember. There, it might have been before, but I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it was post network. 
Well, I, I watched it on Sky, but I do remember, I'm pretty sure, it's a shame Rory was meant to be on with us tonight, and it's a shame he's not here, because he would remember this, if it was one of the tagged classics DVDs that were out. I'm thinking it might have been on that as well. I I do believe, that, yes, because the tagged classics, I think, went up to about 96, mm. 97. In fact, no, because I think 97, 98 was one of them, so this would have been on one of them, I'm sure. I, I, I think I might be right. I don't know. Did you, did you get the tagged classic DVDs over there, Logan? Did they, yeah. the, was that, were they just a British thing? No, we had we had some of them. I think I don't know if we got necessarily got every one of them, but I think there were a few that released over here for sure. Okay, uh, same question to you then. Did you was it around the <laughs> network time when you started watching this, or had you seen this already beforehand? Um, I want to say I rented this one time in like the blockbuster or movie gallery, whatever one was around uh, back when I was a kid. But I, I think right before the network came out somebody had like uploaded a lot of those like WWE 24/7 things that lo- other service that they had back in the day they had uploaded them to YouTube and I think I actually watched it on YouTube before yeah. that so um but yeah network's probably the first time that I legally watched it I guess <laughs> And le- legally being the key word there, ladies and gentlemen. Um mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of place to be nation royalty, I believe uh Lord JT of Rosero was here live, if I if I remember the story. Is that, that correct? Is correct. Bro? Yes, I'm I'm, that's I'm, correct. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the same show, aren't I? Yeah, so uh yeah. Because I know because it, it, it we are in Providence, Rhode Island, which is just down the road from the boy. So yes, I Yes, I don't blame him. Um, and we and speaking of shows just down the road, just two and a half hours down the road, Callum, or a bit longer for you, will be uh, money in the bank this year. Yes, yes, that's going, to, that's going to be more more expensive beers. We're going to need plenty of money in the bank for that. But Here we are. Uh, yes, hopefully, hopefully, uh, TSR Live Two Electric Boogaloo coming to coming to airwaves near you. Not that we're going to be going on about this for the next six months or so, just to just to warn you all now. <laughs> right, gents, if we are ready, let us go to said Providence, Rhode Island, for the Royal Rumble of 1994. There's no real intro package in place as we go straight to Vince in the arena, who runs down tonight's card. He's announced a short, though, and we are down to sixth choice as Bobby the Brain Heenan had just left for WCW the month before. Jerry Lawler was on, uh, let's just say, he was uh, he was not available for this show. I think that's the nicest way of putting it. Uh, Mr. Perfect was persona non grata at this point. He'd already left the company in November. Uh, and Randy Savage and Shawn Michaels were in the Rumble itself. So, as I say, we are down to sixth choice. Who is Mr. Ted DiBiase? who joins a very short list of people who has commentated with both Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff. Ted tells us that he could have got John Madden more money than his 30 million over four years. Now, Logan, I know you, you know, you follow your American sports. I mean, 30 million over four years for a, a commentator in today's money. That's small fry. That's just, that'd just be 30 million over one year. Surely now. Yeah, that that's that would be no good nowadays. But I think probably back then that was pretty pretty good money. Yeah, I, um, I think I think he did quite well there. <laughs> His agent did. 
but yeah, they de- they definitely settled for uh, DiBiase here. And I, I'll I'll make one more quick uh, statement while you're before you go to Callum. Um, the graphics department uh, must not have been being paid very well at this point because the graphics for the matches were quite poor uh, as the as Vince was going through. <laughs> them, as, uh, so they were not at their best at this point. So they were not. Um, Callum, I mean Ted DiBiase, bless him. Um, should should have been a fine choice of commentator, but as we'll discover throughout the night, that was not the case. No. Um, firstly, I am in awe of your uh, of your stat there about Ted announcing with Vince and Eric Bischoff. That is wonderful. I, I love that. Ted I, I can't remember where I read it from. I I, I might be. It might just be. Um, Ted and Bobby on pay-per-view and then maybe Larry on regular television or I might be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure it's just those two. Excellent. Uh, so yes, Ted DeBiase you would have thought would would have made a good would would have made a good um a good announcer. Uh, given the fact that he's he is one of the one of the better talkers that there's ever been. But yeah, there was a couple of there was a couple of times that I don't know if he was just trying too hard or he was just not very good, but it ended up just being not very good. Yeah, so in fact, we won't believe how uh, how average he is at retorting. <laughs> Bless him. He, he won't believe it. We won't believe it. <laughs> our, our first match of the night pits to tanker against Bam Bam Bigelow. It was meant to be Ludwig Borger here, but he sadly suffered a career-ending ankle injury. I will say, Bam Bam, relatively clean-shaven, is a pretty disturbing look. It was like, mm-hmm. that took about, it took about 10 years off the man. Um, Logan, I you know, I think I think the nicest thing I can say about this, I mean, you know, I love my, me some Tatanka. Uh, I think the nicest thing I can say about this is, this was just a match, and it was just an intro match for the crowd, and sometimes is that all you need, just to get the crowd into it? Yeah, I mean, considering the injury, I, I think Bam Bam knew that he wasn't supposed to be in this spot, but like he, he kind of came out and uh, gave his best, uh, given the situation. Obviously, the feud wasn't going to be there. I mean, I think they had feuded at points, but not for an extended period of time at any point. Um, but I thought both men came out uh, pretty aggressive to start off with. Um, I, there was a point when Tatanka does a sunset flip off the top rope and, uh, Bam Bam sells it like he's going to fall over for like, uh, two or three seconds. And then he just immediately squashes him with like a sit down splash. I thought that was really cool. Um, he does an absolutely ridiculous bear hug where Tatanka is basically just standing in front of him. And he's like a little kid hugging around his waist. Uh, just (laughs) absolutely absurd. Um, Tatanga pulls out a pretty good power slam at one point. Um, at, at one point, uh, Bigelow co- uh, cuts off Tatanga's dance, and he kind of mocks it afterwards. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then I, I think it's still incredibly uh, impressive that Bam Bam can do a moonsault as uh, quickly and uh, as effortlessly as he as he does. And then I, I thought the crossbody to end things was pretty good. But I think it was pretty down the middle. I went two and a half. Thought it was all right. Yeah, I, I went two and a half too because, like I say, it was just a match, and it was it was just a match with you know a late substitution, so it was perfectly fine for me. Um, Callum, uh, Callum Logan mentioned it, but I particularly loved that uh, spot where Bam Bam cuts off uh, to tank his hulking up, but he was having none of that shit. Uh, no, 
Um, he he was not, and I did like the wee thing. I did. I, you, you've mentioned his wee dance, uh, his Native American dance, which his was wee dance. which which was, <laughs> which was um, cultural appropriation aside, was <laughs> very, very good. sensitive. <laughs> exactly, it was very very funny. Um, yeah, <clears throat> strange uh, strange one. I've got a gentleman's two on it. Because it's not okay. <clears throat> it's not the thingy. It's not the um, hot pay per view opener that you that, that that you you would come to expect. It's certainly much better than it would have been had Ludwig Borger not been injured. So I think Bam Bam is a is a is an excellent replacement and a and, a, and an upgrade at that. Um, as as Logan said, that his moonsault will never be not impressive. Mm. Because for a man that size, it was effortless, um, and I did like the thing that the the, the cross body double down that they had the the, 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 the mid the mid air mid ring collision, uh, a mighty impressive visual when it's two bigger guys. Like you're used to seeing it with cruiserweights, but when it's two guys the size, because like Bam Bam's obviously a, a a larger a larger guy, but and Tatanka's not the smallest in the world. He's he's fairly hench as well. Mm. Um, Especially was, at this point, he was bulking up pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the first DBSA um, complaint of the night, um, he when he was talking about Bam Bam's moonsault, he goes, that man is coming down 15 feet in the air. And wow. I'm, I'm saying, if that's how if that's how good he's counting is, I'm officially downgrading him to the $1,000 man. Because I think <laughs> there has been some inflation there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. Um as I say, Bam Bam certainly an upgrade. It's better. It was a hell of a lot better than it could have been uh, before the substitution. So yes, but gentlemen's gentlemen's two for me. So you sound like you, you sound like one of those people like complaining about their online shop, and it was fine until the substitutions. <laughs> no, it was it was actually it was actually uh, it, it's like the time where if you get your if you get your substitution and they give you something that's more expensive but can't ah, charge yes, you yes, can't charge yeah, yeah, you anymore. Yeah. You're getting the match that you were. You're getting the match that you paid for, but better. Ah, see, yeah. see, I, and also what I liked. I liked the fact that obviously it was a short match, but there was a very good reason there was a short match, which Vince mentions, which is that both men are in the Rumble match tonight. And I think, apart from Piper in two thousand, sorry, in ninety-two, Piper in ninety-two, this might be the first time where we had guys in the in the Rumble as well as one of, as well as the matches on the pre-show or on the. Pre-show to the Rumble, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thanks so yeah. Right, guy. Right after the match, we get a recap of the event between Brett and Owen Hart. And remember, gentlemen, everything is now absolutely fine between the brothers. There's no, there's no, there's no complaints at all. I do love the shadow interview though, and the brothers. Bury the hatchet and decide to go for the tag titles against the Quebecers. Against. I said against the Quebecers. I know, but it's against the Quebecers. Ah. <laughs> that's what I said. To, I know, you have to say it's super Canadian, though. Oh, I see. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't get the joke. Sorry. <laughs> ben, ben thought you were Ben thought you were slating him there for a second. No, <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, we're recording at quarters to two hour time, so you have to be really obvious with this kind of thing. You, you've, got to, <laughs> you've got to accentuate the boot and the against. Mm. <laughs> I fucking said that. <laughs> and speaking of, and speaking of the Quebecers, of course, remember Logan. 
We're not the bounties. We're handsome. We're brave and we're strong. <laughs> Best entrance music ever, 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 ever. Um, before the match as well, though, we get an interview with Brett and Owen with Todd, and there are some great subtle heel comments and looks from Owen as well during that. Um, so I will go to Callum first when we'll talk about the match. Um, I, I mean, I, I, when I watched this again earlier on this week, I, I forgot how good, actually good the match was. I remember, obviously, all the post-match stuff, but the match itself is really something. The match is the match is excellent. Um, I think the whole the, the whole story that they weave through the whole thing from the very start of the the, the promo package to the, the when they get through to the end of the match and then the promo after it. I think it's just it's been a while since I've it's been a while since I've I've seen the match. Um, and then the but it's also been a while since I've I've saw the whole the whole package. As part of the thing, and th- th- like you can see them planting the seeds. Sometimes, like obviously, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing where it's going, it's very obvious what they're what they're trying to do with Owen because it, he kept saying that he was going to win the titles with his and and he was going to be leading the way as as him and his brother won the titles. And it was just it, Owen was just fantastic mm. in this whole this whole thing. I do have a note about the Quebecers music. Um, as well, but the whole yeah, the whole story was was truly fantastic. Other than other than two um, bits that I didn't quite like. Um, again, Ted's commentary, the Brett brothers, <laughs> the fucking the Brett brothers. I mean, for God's sake, <laughs> that sounds like you like a car dealership or something. But he redeemed himself about thirty seconds later when he said, "I've bought every t- I mean, I've I've won every title there is." I'm like, that was good. That's good. I like that. Well done. You've redeemed yourself. Yeah, it's now two one, um, but yeah, I, 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 I noticed as well through the match that every time that Owen was starting to get something going, Brett somehow accidentally thwarts it, either distracting the referee or or, or, or getting in the way or something. So I get I, I, I sound like a broken record. The whole story was 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 bloody brilliant. What wasn't bloody brilliant was Tim White as a referee. <laughs> he was looking the, 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 the bit where the Quebecers are attacking Brett outside with a chair he's looking right at it like he turns around and on God bless him is trying to distract him and make sure he doesn't turn around because Owen's facing it and Tim White is like, oh, turn around here and he looks right at it I'm like you are a, you are a, I know they obviously wanted to give you a job after Andre passed because you were his minder for all those years. But you know, a referee's not it, pal. You're just not cut out for it. <laughs> and, 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 and I said, and I said in, in in our chat, and I'm going to say it again for the people: Tim White? Question mark. More like Tim Shite, referee. Um, but overall, I, 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 I'm struggling to I'm struggling to, to to rate this match. Come back to me. I've got like I've got like three things written. Oh, it's one of. It's one of it's one of those ones with it. I'm, Absolutely, I, I, I will say very quickly. I know I just I did mention it before, but that but that pre match interview with you just ran me for those looks and stuff, where literally Todd's like reaching over to Brett, so he's creating a literal shadow on Owen, and it's like whoever came up with that, that's genius. <laughs> I mean, it might be it might be by accident, but it was absolutely genius. Um, Logan, um, 
we've we've praised the brothers, but I think we've got to praise the Quebecers as well because they went from comedy tag team to killers in this match, dude, in the spell of about ten minutes. Yeah, they're a really un- unheralded team in this uh, time period for sure. I mean, I think some some certain people love them a lot, but I think they're really good uh, and probably don't have as long of a run as they probably should have. Um, my my first note for the match was it's weird to think that out of all of these guys that Pierre is the one that's still wrestling today, whether <laughs> you whether you want to call what he does today wrestling or not, uh, he is still he is still going, but. Um, there was a point at the beginning of the match where, you know, that you there the Quebecers are even trying to play into uh, uh, Owen psyche a little bit, kind of trying to psych him out, saying that they were talking about how Owen, you're number one, but that guy, he stinks. Your brother, he's no good. You know, he that he they were telling him he doesn't need Brett, but he was number one. They liked him, but they didn't give a shit about Brett. So, um, but just Owen pulling out all the athletic stuff he does, and pretty much outside of one, two, three, kid, nobody else was really doing that in the WWE. So the stuff that the speed with which he can do a lot of the stuff, I uh, was really impressive. Um, seeing Johnny Polo here and then seeing the Raven that we have on Highway to the Impact Zone uh, could not be more of a stark mm. difference in a character uh, ever. As uh, Raven on Highway talks about uh, Larry, Larry Zabisco being uh, infested dung out of a yak or something like that. So yeah, um, a literal yeah. human, a literal human cancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made um, I made the same note. I, I made the same note. I've got Johnny Polo is always a bit off pussy when you know what happens to him. Exactly. Um, but I thought Owen's kind of in, inexperience in a tag team kind of showed throughout the match as he kept coming in illegally. But like Callum said, he kind of had to to kind of distract Tim White from the obvious cheating that was going on. So um, there's a belly to belly at one point that Owen hit that I thought looked really impressive. Um, locks in the sharpshooter, but then, of course, the non-legal heart comes in and distracts the ref, so the Quebecers take advantage. Um, they do a double stun gun on Owen at one point. He barely makes it to the rope, kind of looked nasty. Um, I-, I question how Brett got hurt, how he hurt his leg with what Polo does, because Polo just kind of opens the ropes and he falls outside. And They say he hit the barricade, but he didn't hit the barricade. Um, <laughs> But um, I feel like Owen constantly feeling the need to get involved uh, kind of screws their team. So in 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 a way, it's kind of their his fault that they lost. Um, he does kind of have a point. Brett, once he kind of gets out of the uh, the double team attack from the top rope, he should have gone immediately for the for the tag. But uh, you know, he wants to be the hot shot and get the sharpshooter win. Uh, I don't like the injury finish. Uh, I feel like a, a fluke pin because of the injury would have been a better route, but I understand not wanting to beat Brett. Um, and I also probably won't be able to say this the rest of the night, kind of as we've been talking about, but I think DBS did a pretty good job talking about the story and kind of sowing the seeds of dissent between the brothers throughout the match. So I think he did all right in this match. <laughs> um, and, and I went three stars. because I thought the match was really good despite the finish. I went, I went three and a half on it, and I actually got that note about DBLC saying, "Oh, you know, how basically he just he just buries Brett, basically, but that's kind of his job to do at this point, and he actually did a very good job of it." Mm-hmm. Also, also, I will say on commentary, and I didn't mention it, um, we did get in this match our first back body drop and uh, <laughs> seesaw seesaw matchup back and forth from Vince. So you know, we, you have to keep a, you have to keep an eye on them as well. Um, after after the match, of course, we get a pretty we we get a pretty famous uh, scene where Owen has a go at the ref and 
like I say, DiBiase pushes Brett for being too selfish. And then to prove his point, Owen remonstrates with Brett and kicks him down. And the crowd boom out the building. We then get Ray Rougeau, for some reason, trying to get a word with all the officials and refs about uh, Brett's injury. And uh, clearly nobody knows what they're talking about. So they very quickly go back to Todd Pettingill, who's with Owen Hart, and a pretty infamous interview where Owen and Todd takes place. I'll say like a pretty infamous interview with Owen and Todd takes place where Owen declares that Brett is too damn selfish for them to win the tag titles. And all he had to do was tag Owen, but he didn't do it. He didn't tag him. And that's why Owen kicked his leg out from under his leg. So I went, I was a great bit of business, which given today's, uh, environment would have been a lot bigger beatdown than Owen, but I actually think, Callum, a simple kick to the leg proved the point that needed to be made or or, or moved the story along. We didn't need like endless chair shots and the sharpshooter being put on. We didn't need any of that. No, it was just simple, effective, and just it, like it almost almost like an almost an insult to injury, really. He didn't need mm. to do the Quebecers did all the work for him. All he had to do was like instead of helping his brother up, he just kicks his injury. It was Ab- yeah, just wonderful. Simple but effective. Um having having heard our ratings, have you uh, have you picked a final figure? Yes, well I three and a half was one of the ones I'd written down, so I'll 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 go for three and a half as well, sir. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, Logan, I know, I know I can't say much, having just mangled the English language there while trying to describe what happened, but uh, Owen's, you know, kicked the leg out from under his leg has gone down in sort of wrestling infamy as, uh, as, a, as, a, as for the quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can tell that he's not super duper comfortable with the mic because he repeats himself a lot. And uh, yeah, he kicks he kicks the leg out of the leg. So um, very, very infamous, like you said, but uh, it's always a good little comedy spot to put on for sure. Uh, even though that may not have been what it was intended to be. Yeah, I can't like, and I can say, seeing as I've just mangled the English language terribly, I, I really can't talk too much about that. <laughs> Okay, gents, after that, we get to our next match, which is for the Intercontinental title between Erwin R. Scheister and Razor Ramon. And, gentlemen, I don't know if you knew this, but Razor Ramon actually never appeared in the Royal Rumble match in his tenure in the WWE. In fact, two years later from this show, he put his Intercontinental title on the line against a newcomer by the name of Goldust. And Goldust was known as Dustin Rhodes when he was in WCW, and he had the nickname of... Well, they call him the Natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the Natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The horse does a rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. Yes, he is. Uh, for this match, the commentators have swapped up. So it is JR and Gorilla Monsoon on the call for this match. And um, was this, I don't know if either of you two know, was this in the time when they were doing that Radio WWF stuff and that's why they had two sets of commentators along? That's correct. Thank that's, you. Uh, yes, I had an, I have an note on that. Have we transferred over to the Radio WWF feed? <laughs> ah, there we go. There we go. Um, Logan, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, 
and this is a pretty loaded question, um, which I don't know if you can answer, but as a as Irwin or Scheisser had ever had a good match ever, or even a passable match? <laughs> Not because of him. Um, ah. but, uh, <laughs> um, I, I won't say uh, I hated this one, but I did not particularly like the IRS offensive parts of the match, but I did really enjoy the uh, Razor parts when he was kind of kicking his ass and throwing him around. Um, I love the color that Razor has in this match. Yeah. Uh, he had like a teal bluish kind of color i don't know if he ever broke that one back out again but i thought that was kind of a one-time thing and i really liked it um i made a note about the commentary as well i thought it was always kind of weird and necessary that they switched especially since both guys are faces both monsoon and ross are kind of playing the face commentator um like i just said this match is one of those that's really good when razor's on offense but when irs is on on offense i'd rather my eyes bleed than have to watch another minute um (laughs) the dusty the dusty finish with michael's coming out and irs actually getting the pin for a minute uh i thought was unnecessary um but it pushes michael's ramon forward to go towards wrestlemania 10 so i kind of get it but um i i didn't i didn't super Super enjoy this one, but I didn't think it was all bad when Razor were on offense, so I went two on it. Two stars. Um, uh, like 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 uh, like Logan says, Callum. Um, IRS isn't the guy on offense. I mean, yeah, we, it was like, what was it? A five minute, five ten minutes match, and we had not one, not two, but three chin lock wrestles were on. But yes, he's not. <clears throat> he's not exactly. IRS is not just the ring general. Um, it's not the ring general that, 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 that he pertains to be. Um, I, I have a note here that says, man uses gimmick as an excuse to wrestle the worst match in humanity. The apple <laughs> certainly doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> um, what a trait to pass on. <laughs> I know. Of, of everything you could have passed on. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine, as you say. It was it was much better when when Razor was it was an offense, or as Fink calls him, Razor Ramon, and as, as, <laughs> and as Gorilla calls him, the Razor Man, the Razor Man. I, I love, love that. <laughs> he says that all the time. <laughs> Fink fucking loves saying Razor Ramon's name. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Um, not anything more than that because you are also you're hampered by a man who, I mean, wrestling in that getup. Okay, it must be unbearable because the man, <laughs> the man under those lights must be. Razor Ramon is just cutting about in his pants. But <laughs> IRS, IRS has got has got has got proper full dress trousers. <laughs> So he's cut. He's cut about these jokes, and IRS is proper belt and braces, belt and braces, dress trousers. He's wearing a tie. It must be unbearable. It's all. It must be as unbearable as watching one of his matches. Um, but also that, and and again, this is this is this is a this is a a a big bugbear of mine. Uh, Come back to the crock and roll days. God rest it so. Uh, inconsistent refereeing so so Hebner comes out right mm-hmm. Hebner comes out to show to highlight that there was illegal activity in the match and to please restart it which proves one Tim White 
is a very poor official and clearly nobody else likes him. Or two, Errol Hebner, or, or if it was Dave, the Hebner family have always had it in for Bret Hart. This is foreshadowing for Survivor Series 97. Hebner was in the clicks pocket the whole damn time. And, and as we'll see later, and as we'll see later on, Earl has an argu- another argument. So you know he's, he's in a very feisty mood this evening. Yes, yes. And 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 who who was he backing then? Let's ah, yes, yes. Always had the Tebner family have always had it in for Bret Hart. This is all making sense now. Uh, in terms of the match, one point five stars. I went, I went one and a half as well. Um, I don't know if you know, gentlemen, but um. Apparently, Rhode Island was full of tax cheats, which you know, I you know, that's, that was remarkable. That's how that happened. Yeah, and you're you're, you're insulting uh, poor Tim White in his damn hometown. He has a bar in Rhode Island, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will I will say as well, in counter to me, plastic reference to Bray. It's amazing, isn't it? How you know he has this gimmick where it's all you know. This out there, this far out there gimmick, been the most out there thing the company's done in years, and then his dad had this most one-dimensional gimmick that you've ever seen, basically. <laughs> Maybe all they need to do is bow leaf. Uh, well, hey, hey, oh, well, there's some, <laughs> there's some foreshadowing. <laughs> imagine, imagine, like you're round that, you're round that table, and like Barry Windham's there as, as, as the uncle, and you're looking over. And you're looking over at those three and going, I can't believe that the man who just smiled and ran around the ring with his putting his thumbs up is is the best out of these three. What went wrong, Mike Rotunda? What went wrong? <laughs> oh jeez. It was we yeah we spoke off air. We we watched um we watched the Royal Rumble 2018 for special relations this month, and um, the Miz comes out with. Uh, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas and none of us really had a clue who they were, did we? <laughs> oh, I, I remember I remembered who they were. Beating you don't remember the Mistourage? Oh, come on. And that was and that was five years ago, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> B, B team for B team for uh, you know for life. That was one of the good mm. themes of all time. <laughs> B team, B team, go, go, go! <laughs> we we said some, and we said some very nice things about the Miz as well, which will we, we'll surprise people, I think. <laughs> but that's been a foreshadowing for another pod. But for this pod, gentlemen, I think at this point we should take a break because we still have to come a WWE title match uh, for the ages where I can't see anything going wrong or any or it being remembered for all the wrong reasons. None of that's going to happen. And the Royal Rumble match itself. So, for Callum McDougall and Logan Crosland, I'm Ben Locke, and we will see you on the other side. This is not really happening 
Please be nation. Welcome back to episode 32 of Chicken Salad. I'm Ben Locke. I'm here with Logan Crosland and Callum McDougall, and we are talking all things Royal Rumble 1994. Uh, I'm on here with Callum and uh, Logan, but later on, and I didn't say this in the first part, we have a very special guest joining us. So, uh, yeah, if you like your big, hard-hitting interviews, um, look forward to that. Um, but first, gents, we've got to talk about the WWF title match, which is between Yokozuna and he's defending his title against The Undertaker. Before the match, we get a recap of The Undertaker putting together the casket, including a Christmas promo with The Undertaker saying, Ho, ho, ho. It is well established during this package that Yokozuna is scared shitless of caskets. Now, for this episode, we have brought, we have dusted off a very special casket obiter where we will rank the casket, which was a very, which was a very well built double wide, double deep casket, as we know, very nice wood used and some lovely velvet lining in that casket. So I'm going to go with strong eight out of ten for the casket. How about you, Callum? Tell him on mute. <laughs> you got Apologies. eight by Yakazuna. Apologies. <laughs> um, yes, it was a very, very nice casket. Now, it was the, the the lining of it was lovely, but the um and and the fact that it was double wide, double deep <laughs> was was excellent. Although the finish on the outside less than stellar, <laughs> I'm going to need to downgrade that to a six point five. <laughs> Yeah, they forgot to put some. I, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you there because they, they forgot to put some varnish on, didn't they? It was just. It was just wood. It was just the wood. There was no varnish. <laughs> it didn't look as if it was properly sanded. That is. That is. That is. <laughs> you're asking for a skilf at that point. That that splinters waiting to happen, that's isn't it? Let's be, let's be honest. You really are. That's an infection waiting to happen there, and that's not good. <laughs> uh, how about you? Luke? <laughs> <laughs> yes, winners are going to run rampant on that one. Um, no, I did like that the inside the velvet matched uh, Yokozuna's diaper. So, um, perfectly good casket. I'd go probably seven out of ten. Okay, I've been I've been I've been quite generous. So I might I might have to downgrade. <laughs> um, a reminder before this match before we talk about this match that somebody in the booking probably Vince or Bruce Pr- and or Bruce Pritchard thought this was going to be a good idea. You know, just let's just put that out there. That you know, when people say that Vince McMahon's a ge- wrestling genius, yeah, he is. But sometimes, you know, there is quite a bit of shit on the table, and this is one of those times. <laughs> Before the actual match starts, Vince and uh, Ted are talking about the uh, the contract signing for this match, and Vince doesn't quite understand how contract law works at this point because he's he seems to think that you can just put small print into the contract and sign it and that's a legal document now which uh it kind of it, it kind of isn't um now callum um before we get into all the hijinks at the end of the match i i actually didn't i i didn't mind the first part of this match you, you might think from my grading that i did but that's because i'm weighing down what happened at the end but the actual the actual the actual match that the two of them had was Okay, because I don't, I don't stand on this Yokozuna the great wrestler thing, but it was fine. It, it, I mean, it, yes, it was. It was perfectly fine. I am on on the people on on the side of that. Yoko, when he was a bit smaller, was was actually very good for his size. Um, but 
he was becoming. He, he, he was. He was at this point. He, his size was getting a bit out of control, and the Undertaker at this point, obviously, he was going away for surgery. I, I believe at this point, if my if my timing is right, so he's obviously broken down a bit. So with the limitations that they had, I thought it was uh, better than, than than could have been expected. Um, there was an absolutely disgusting chair shot from from Yoko that hits the Undertaker right in the back of the head, um, which is which, which was yeah absolutely disgusting. Uh, so I mean it was. It was perfectly, perfectly fine. It is the the, the, the non-stop end of the match that that, that that sort of drags it right down because it just went on and on and on. Much like Ted DiBiase, uh, commentary complaint number three of the night, he goes, on, <laughs> he goes on a big monologue about how Yokozuna desperately, he's tasted WWF Championship uh, glory before he desperately wants it again um, and Vince doesn't stop him at any point to tell him that Yokozuna is in fact the WWF champion at this point now. <laughs> um, but yeah I mean the first part of the match was fine it just um, ironically for a casket match died a death when the, all the interference happened and my, I, I, if, I've got a note here if that was the plan the whole time because Mr Fuji and Jim Cornette looked really really pleased with themselves if that was the plan the whole time why not just do it right at the start and save us all this misery well, you, um, you'd, think, you'd think wouldn't you yeah so I mean logically speaking um, but yeah I, I, I'll give this one because it was fine up until a point and the stars were building up and then it just went from there Yes, um, I will say about that opening bit though, it has the spot between these two that I absolutely love. They did it at the, the Survive Series as well, which is where uh, Yoko uh, rams take his head into the seal steps and he just shoots back up and does the death stare at him. Every, and the crowd just pop huge every time and I absolutely love that. Um, Logan, Callum's mentioned the first part of the match. Um, I'll, I'll come to you for the ending part of the match. Um, <laughs> Ten on one. Those, those seem reasonable odds. I think we can all get behind that. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll say the uh, Undertaker holds his own uh, for as long as he can. It makes him look like a badass that can fight off as many guys as he does. But once it gets to be about six or seven people, I think it's okay if he goes down. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like you were saying, considering where Taker is and his whole evolution as a character and even wrestler at this point, and kind of who he was facing, Yokozuna was kind of getting to the point where he was gaining a little weight, getting a little slower and worse in the ring, but I thought they put on a pretty good match before all the interference happens, but yeah, like you said, the it gets to be 10 on 1 and just kabuki and a bunch of no-name people are out there or at this point no-name, they'll become people, but it's just it's just a bunch of slop going around and it lasts way too long. I think we decided before we started recording the second half that the uh this match went 14-20 and I would wager to say at least eight minutes of that was just the interference so uh, just absolutely ridiculous um I, I won't go into the post-match but i do have a comment for the post-match video uh when you get there but i also went mm -hmm. one just because i thought that the work before the interference wasn't bad um, um, remember remember the, the whole reason that the undertaker held his own uh logan was of course the power of the urn that's true which Yokozuna takes from Paul Bearer, smashes him over the head, and then 
the, the mysterious green smoke comes out and Vince in all seriousness has to start, sit there and uh, talk about how the Undertaker's powers are going away from him because the uh, the urn has been uh, opened up. Mm-hmm. And that's the real reason. And of course, uh, speaking of Ted DiBiase, I, I did keep account of it. Um, the I don't believe it chant, uh, catchphrase that he nicked off Victor Meldrew uh, finished at eight. <laughs> For this match, so uh, well done, Ted. And for those of you who don't know who Victor Meldrew is, um, a very funny comedy character of the '90s here in the UK, and uh, Ted stole his routine verbatim off him for this uh, for this show. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's an that's an I don't believe it. Once of just under once every two minutes. I mean, that is impressive going. I mean, that's why you're on this show, Cal, to provide those kind of stats. That's what oh, that's no, what you're here for. Can I say? Uh, Logan, Logan has mentioned the post-match stuff, gentlemen. So after the match, the heels push their casket down the ramp, but then the gong rings. The smoke comes out of the casket. The bong goes. The gong goes off again, and on the big screen, we get a camera shot of the Undertaker inside of the casket. Because you know that's what that's what happens nowadays. You can just get cameras everywhere, mm-hmm. and he he says. I wrote this word for word, gentlemen, so, you know, just get ready because we've got some deep, heavy shit coming here. He says, Be not proud. The spirit of the Undertaker lives within the soul of all mankind. The eternal flame that cannot be extinguished. The origin of which can't be explained. The answer lies in the everlasting spirit. Soon all mankind will witness the rebirth of the Undertaker. I will not rest in peace. We then get some thunder and lightning in the effects in the arena with an explosion on the big screen where a silhouette of the Undertaker appears and goes up to the heavens as the Taker rises. I think it was, was it said it was Marty Jannetty who actually did yes. the, uh, the yeah. levitating bit? Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, this was some very deep shit and I personally want some of whatever Vince and Bruce were on at this point to come up with this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the green smoke was ridiculous. Uh, maybe he was smoking some really stinky weed in the in the uh, in the casket uh, as he was getting rolled down. But um, the only comment I'll say is I had I low key had nightmares about this promo as a child. <laughs> so, uh, the whole like him like coming awake when the when the camera came on him. Uh, terrified me beyond belief. So, um, d- definitely had nightmares about that one. Uh, but yeah, now, now seeing it, it's utterly ridiculous, but amazing at the same time. <laughs> uh, that visual that when he opens his eyes, that they use that on they they've used that on video packages mm-hmm. pretty consistently since then. Mm. So it's kind of it's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was very very good. <laughs> <laughs> Mem- yeah. Memorable, I think, is the word. I've I've got I've got it. Might be a bit hokey, but it was pretty cool. And I really do hope. Thinking about, it, I hope Marty Jannetty get paid extra for that. <laughs> do like doing a, doing a reverse sting, just going straight up, get up to the rafters. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? You'd like to think he got a bit of a bonus. Well, 19, 1994. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. He probably got an extra hot dog and a bit more tomato sauce <laughs> or ketchup. A bit. And a bit more, a bit more, a bit more weed. I mean, allegedly. 
Yeah, they just gave him an extra ounce of coke. That was what it was. Well, it, it was ab- it was absolutely furious because that's what it was. The un- it was his stash that the Undertaker was smoking all the green the green yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's so right. So he was absolutely furious that he's, he's extra payoff the the Undertaker just stole. And I think we can all agree we it's very impressive, like I say, to get that camera in the casket to get that shot spot on like they did. That was mm-hmm. you know, some some good going there. You know, some of these some of these police camera action shows only wish they could get like an in an in rig shot like that. <laughs> well, we've we've seen the Undertaker at this point do some do some very, very strange things. So it was only I think they were just did it as a precaution because yes. you know chances are balance of probabilities he was probably going to do something a bit mental <laughs> a bit mental a, a bit only a bit mental only a bit mental maybe 50% mental <laughs> Qua- quasi quasi mental <laughs> so after after all this the crowd need to calm down a bit so we get some Royal Rumble comment, match comments from Randy Savage Jeff Jarrett Tanker Diesel Doink and Dink Shawn Michaels and Lex Luger. Um, apart from the apart from the fact that it made me realise how much I truly hate Dink, um, this, there were some very sort of bright colours on display. Here, Savage and Jarrett in particular had some very bright outfits going on. Lots of colours. Mm-hmm. All very mid nineties. It, it, it always blew my poor little telly up. Bless it. <laughs> Uh, so before the match, Vince is back with Ted DiBiase, and Ted, God love him, still can't believe what he's seen. Um, I think we're up to, I think we're up to eleven. I can't believe it or unbelievables now at this point. He's he's a mix. Callum will appreciate this. He's a mix between Victor Meldrew and Chris Kamara at this point. Unbelievable, Jeff. That's yeah, unbelievable, Vince. That, that would go over the head of like every American, which is like ninety-five <laughs> percent of our audience. But you know, oh. you have to mention it sometimes. He's been eliminated from the Royal Rumble, Ted. Has he? <laughs> Has he? I don't know. Has he? <laughs> I, thought he was, thought he was just taking a breather. In the I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the match, we're going to go to the Royal Rumble now, which is the main event of tonight's show. And as regular listeners to Chicken Salad know, this is my one and only attempt at doing play-by-play for the year. Uh, the way I do it, we go, we do. We owe five competitors at a time, and then we uh, we talk about that, and then we move on to the next bit. So we open up with number one, who is Scott Steiner, and number two, who is Samu. There's a slugfest to start. Steiner hits a butterfly powerbomb, but still can't get Samu over. Number three is Rick Steiner, and they double-team Samu and throw suplexes at will at the poor guy. Samu tries to hit a flying clothesline, but both Steiners duck, and he ends up hanging himself on the top and middle ropes. Number four is Quang, before he was a Bariqua, of course. Samu gets eliminated, and Quang gets the green mist on Rick. Scott checks on his brother, which allows Quang to attack. This allows Vince to say he's glad to see the only that only one brother will turn will turn on the other, which brings out at number five, Owen Hart, who immediately attacks Rick, who is blinded by the mist and is able to dump him out and then starts to attack Scott. Um, so, Logan, the story of the first five, it could have been a lot better. You know, we could have we could have had the Steiners in there running a bit more roughshod for a bit longer, I thought. But, mm-hmm. you know, we had to get Quang to get his shit in, I suppose. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, you know, if you were going to go Scott and Rick at one and three, I, I would have liked to have seen them gone one and two just to, you know, kind of do that whole tag team partner uh, starting the rumble kind of thing just to see him go at it for a little bit. But if you were going to start with another person, putting a head shrinker in there with the Steiner was a good idea. Um, I, I would have loved, like you kind of just said, to see the Steiners going a little bit of a run, kind of run, run rough shot together uh, until they ran into a big force or something like that. But uh, I guess they <laughs> had a little bit more faith in Quang, and I think the Steiners are kind of on their way out pretty much at this point. So um, I, I'm glad that Quang actually managed to get his specialty spot in. He got his missed in, even though he didn't really do much else. Um I think Owen coming in this early was a mistake, and I'm also really surprised that he actually got to dump uh, Rick and with relative ease like he did. So uh, that's a big spot to eliminate one of the Steiners, but um, I do wish he had come in a little later in the match, but we'll get to that. Uh, so, Callum, um, I thought, like I say, pretty, apart from the, the missed opportunity with the Steiners, I thought it was a pretty good start to the match, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. It should have been it should have been Rick and Scott going at it, and even if they didn't do it one two, um, dump Samu out pretty quickly, and then just go at it for a couple of minutes till till the the the, the Quangster comes in. Um, the Quangster, the Quangman, the Quangman, Quangman Adam Page. There's a there's a gimmick for you. <laughs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's after he becomes a masked Puerto Rican legend. <laughs> Los Bariqua, Quang Man Adam Page. The Los Bariqua, the Los Bariquas. I was going to say the Los era, but that's the wrong Adam. <laughs> uh, so we, like, I, I do like, like, I do like a spot in 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 wrestling, the Great Muta. To Jiri, all the greats. Uh, very strange that they did that. Very strange that they. they, they uh, I don't know if this was this was Vince being Vince, but very strange that they allowed Quang to do the the, the miss spot. Um, given the great Kabuki is in the match later on, uh, but yeah, it was fine, fine. First five, always just getting getting their feet, getting the getting their feet under the table, getting that get just. Starting everything out, I did have a note that the crowd immediately hate Owen Hart, which so that's obviously proven that that what happened a couple of hours earlier was very effective. But yes, an offensive start to the Rumble feel. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. The crowd absolutely, absolutely get on his back straight away, which so which shows they're hip to the room at least. None of this cool heel stuff. Number six is Bart Gott, and there is not a lot happening in the ring, but Vince has been told that something is going on backstage, and of course, we don't see it live. Number seven is Diesel and Shit Meat Fan. He comes in and beats up on everyone, throwing Bart out, then Scott, Owen, and Quang in rapid fashion. Number eight is Bob Backlund. He tries to, ch- to cherry grab the leg. Uh, but Diesel has, doesn't stand for any of that and beats on him and gets rid. He has about 30 seconds of rest. Number nine is Billy Gunn, and Daddy Ass lasts about 20 seconds before Diesel gets rid of him. We get the footage from backstage with Tenru and Kabuki attacking on Lex Luger. Number 10 is Virgil, and Ted wonders where he came from. Vince informs us that he was an alternate for Kamala. 
Ted can barely contain his glee at the beating that takes place by Diesel at this point and says the key word in all this is ultimate. Is ultimate, sorry. Uh, which is probably Ted's best line of the night. Now, Callum, you know, I did promise a special guest for this part of the show, and I am pleased to say, joining us on the line from his home is Mr. Kevin Natch himself. Good evening to you, Kevin. Hello, fellas. I mean, you know, try two two times two times in a row, Callum. I don't know how the budget has got this far, to be honest. Hello, well, Kevin. I mean, Hello, the, Kevin. I mean, Big fan. I mean, the, the check kind of bounced last time, so I'm hoping for a little bit of double payment this time. So okay, let's, okay. Let's get on um, with this. Uh, I, I don't do have it. much time for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is <laughs> time is money, Kev. Time is money. Um, so this this particular match, this Royal Rumble, um, am I right in saying that you know this is this is one of your finest hours in wrestling or finest ten minutes? I mean, they told me to get out there and prove a point, and I felt like I did. I was going for the winner's purse. I mean, I was going for that money. I was going for most eliminations, and I was going for the Iron Man. I mean, I was going for all the money that night. Uh, I, I, I believe I at least got one of those, but uh, I, I think if I think if I could have convinced the uh, booking a little bit better, probably could have won the match. But I get I did what I did, and I did it the best <laughs> way I could. And they taught, I mean, they call it the diesel push now. So I mean, uh, what, what can I say? Well, you know, you ev- everything has to start somewhere, Kev. And I, I particularly enjoyed the way you destroyed uh, Paul Virgil. That just seemed like, uh, I think, Ted DiBiase threw you a little bit more money that way to give extra beatings. Oh, yeah. He, he handed me a little bit under the commentator table as I walked by on my way out when I got eliminated. But, uh, yeah, chucking Virgil around was fun. Um, considering he was an alternate for Kamala was kind of hilarious anyways. But, yeah, I had fun beating him up. <laughs> and am I right in saying that you just signed a new contract at this point? So I'm guessing this, like you say, this Rumble bonus must have been in there, and the, all that good pay-per-view money that you weren't getting before. So now, now you know, now you've seen those big zeros in your contract finally that you've finally so richly deserve. Yeah, I mean, they saw my talent. They saw how well I was doing with Razor when uh, Sean was out. Um, so, yeah, they've put a little extra few zeros in my contract. And like I said, I got the most eliminations bonus here in this Rumble because I kicked ass and I threw a bunch of people over the top rope, which is what well, I was there to do. You sure did, Kev. And can I just say thank you yet again for appearing on Chicken Salad. Um, the check, both the check and the checks in the post and the transfer payment should already be in your account. So, uh, spend that, spend that money wisely. Just get some whiskey. Thanks fellas. Just just get some whiskey or whatever you want to get with it. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. I tell you what, Callum, I mean, all the big stars, mate, all the big stars come on this show. Kevin Nash and Pierre Starstruck. Well, (laughs) You know, I'm, I you know, sorry. I had Kevin, to go to the bathroom, guys. What happened there for a little bit? Uh, I, well, I apparently, we, we had we had Kevin Nash on the show. Oh my god! I wish I could have been there for that. Wow. You missed you missed, it, you missed it again. He, I guess he threw me out. I don't know. I got kicked off the call somehow. You, I'm back though. No, you are you are you are a Kevin Nash hater. On the on the yes. week on the week America lost Barbara Walters. I I I took over the role of the hard hitting interview. You know. I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm sure you did a great job. <laughs> oh, I got my three questions in. He got his money. He was happy. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we'll get him again on, but he he, he seems to quite like coming on this show. You know, which is good to see. He's big in Britain, I hear. 
Oh, well, he's big everywhere. That's what I've heard. <laughs> That's what the wife says. No, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> right. N- number 11 is Randy Savage, who should stand more of a chance than the previous couple of competitors. Savage uses his speed to try and gain an advantage and, in fact, lasts the two minutes until number 12 comes out. Who is Jeff Jarrett? Who attacks Savage? And Vince tells us in all seriousness that Jarrett is using the WWF as a stepping stone to music stardom in Nashville. Ted DVLC makes another good point tonight. So there's not there is a lot of bad there, but he does make some good comments and points out how dumb Jerry is by going after Savage and posing when when Diesel is right there being knackered and the two of them could have just double teamed him and thrown him out. And to prove that point, Savage throws Jarrett out about 10 seconds later. Number 13 is Crush, and Savage meets him in the ring. And hits two sled and is able to hit two sledges off the top rope whilst administering a shit kicking. Savage then goes back to Diesel, which allows Crush to attack him from behind. Number 14 is Doink. The split screen shows Crush eliminating Savage and Diesel nearly eliminating Crush. Doink is then laughing in one of the other corners, but gets spotted and sprays water in both men's eyes. Diesel and Crush. Get rid. Sorry, Diesel and oh, my, my notes have got it. <laughs> this is why this is why you do this thing. Like, <laughs> let me get let me find this one again. There we go. Diesel, Doink is laughing in the corner. Yeah, we've got that bit. Diesel and Crush get him and double team the poor guy until number fifteen get rings, which is Bam Bam Bigelow. Diesel and Crush hold the ropes open and allow Bam Bam to gorilla press Doink out, and he doesn't just. Gorilla press about he throws him practically halfway down the entrance ramp. <laughs> no honor though amongst these as they attack Bam Bam and they all go for each other in a triple team spot. This part of the match, Logan, I thought really did pick up a bit, although I wouldn't have gotten rid of Savage this early. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Um and uh Macho Man was wearing the uh Kyoko Inaway outfit that we saw in Starflation the other night. So uh shout up <laughs> shout back out to that match. Um love it. Love that reference. <laughs> and it's it's, it's it's true. Yeah, very, very true. Um but I, I it I kinda had a problem with Macho being the guy that kinda cut off uh the big man, uh uh Diesel. Uh he cut off his little run. I get it. He has the star power. He's Macho Man. I, I I completely understand why they did it, but I would have liked to have seen kind of maybe like a younger face. Mike, maybe Luger comes out at this point and kind of dispatches of Diesel. It gives him a little bit more momentum. I understand you probably don't want Luger out there that long though. So I also get that. Um, but just a little thing that I had uh, with 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 all that. And as if you couldn't make Jeff Jarrett's outfit worse, he actually had the headband on uh, during this, <laughs> and, he kept, and he kept it on the whole time, so he looked even more like a jackass. Um, Savage being kind of eliminated as quickly as you said, uh, like you said, uh, was kind of disheartening, and it was even more disheartening that it happened during an instant replay, so it was like the, uh, the half box, uh, so you couldn't even really see it when it happened. And I also made the note about poor Doink got triple teamed and dumped by all the heel behemoths and just chucked out uh, about halfway down the entrance ramp. Um, but yeah, a, a solid five. Um, but a- after uh, Diesel's little run, we get into a kind of a, uh, it, it gets uh, a little bit muddled here for a, a bit for going forward. 
Uh, Callum, uh, Logan's just mentioned it. Is that is that elimination and dunk maybe like the, or one of the greatest Rumble eliminations ever? Um, you'd be hard pushed to find one that's better. Paul London, maybe in two thousand and five. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah, I mean you're 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 probably counting on one hand. Uh, maybe even on a on 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 less than on less than that. Um, yeah, I mean it's very it was very spectacular. Um, I get what I get what Logan's saying about Savage as well. Maybe not being the man to cut off to cut off Big D. Um, but. I think I I don't know if they were going for maybe the the gravitas of it. It took a legend, um, to 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 take him out. Um, but I can't think of very many better options, as you say. If he's in later in the match, then then Luger possibly, um, maybe even well, I've got to say maybe even Brett. But if Brett's only got one wheel, uh, then maybe not what you want to do. But, um. Yeah, again, that's, that's, but the thing that, that that's really getting to me, that, no, sorry, that really got to me in sort of the, the first part of the rumble is there was a lot of times where it was just heels in the ring. There was a lot of time where it was just Crush and Diesel, um, and then like I, 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 they would work, and I'm sure there was a time where I can't remember who exactly the third person was, but there was there was Big Kev, there was Crush, and there was another heel in the ring. I'm like. This match is very, very strangely put together. Um, but again, it's a, a very, very, very few complaints so far, other than other than those two wee minor gripes. And as you say, we've got an all-time elimination as well, so the uh, it, it, it's it's ticking the star rating towards a, a, a positive rating at this point. So. <laughs> I think I think the thing with Savage was, and, and they were trying to say it on commentary, weren't they? That you know, Diesel's basically getting knackered at this point. You, you know, you might have only been in the ring like for about. Five minutes at that point, but he'd, he'd already eliminated seven guys. Who was, you know, who was, who was, who was supposedly out on his feet at that point. I don't, I, I don't quite follow the logic myself, but that's what they were going for. Well, to be fair to the big man, he was that he, he didn't have very much downtime. He, he was mm. he was going for it. He was he had oh, his yeah. working boots on. He had his working boots on tonight. It was it was none yeah. it was none of this thing. It was none of this. We've already got the money, brother. It was he was he was <laughs> he was working. He really was. Uh, so back to the match. Number sixteen is Mabel, and there. And to quote Big E, there are a lot of manly men slapping meat <laughs> at this point. Mabel squashes Diesel twice in the corner, then does the same to Crush and Bam Bam. Number seventeen is Sparky Plug, who is taking the plate of the one two three kid. Bam Bam now squashes Crush, and all five men are basically lying on the ropes, teasing eliminations. Number 18 is Shawn Michaels, and he and Diesel face off. Shawn begs for mercy, and they do the click hand gesture. This allows the others to get Diesel and push him out, with Shawn helping with the final push. Diesel gets a standing ovation on the way out. Number 19 is Mo, who goes to crush, and Shawn does the first of his near escapes that he does in every Rumble match he's in. He also tries to eliminate Mabel, which works out as well for him as you would think. Number 20 is Greg Valentine, straight from 1984. He comes, he goes for Bam Bam Bigelow, and there is a lot of punching and kicking going on. Mabel misses a splash, and Crush presses Sean in the ring. Callum, I think it's safe to say at this point that once Diesel goes out, 
things, you know, go down a level from that point. Yeah, there's definitely a low, um, a low in the in the match after after Diesel goes. Um, I did have a couple of notes on this one as well. So this is um, Greg Valentine comes in, which means that we are two for two in our last two shows of thinking he's still around. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the one thing that the, uh, the one thing that really got to me about uh, this match as well, and I, I think I'm just so used to watching the Royal Rumble. More recent Royal Rumble since since I, I, I became a fan, and that them coming out with no entrance music after the first two was really jarring. Um, I, I'm just I've just conditioned myself to the buzzer goes off and you hear the music, and that's that, that's where you get your where you get your pop. There's this slight delay on it. Um, it didn't harm the pop for Mabel though. But the crowd were absolutely all over the man. They oh, loved yeah. me in a mission. Um, get your hands also, up in the air. Well, there, whoop, it is. there it is, yeah, um, and and Vince obviously thought, "Whoop, there it is, my SummerSlam 1995 main event," because uh, these two men, Diesel and Mabel, have excellent chemistry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean uh, that that was that was the thing that that was the thing that that that, that really got me was the crowd. I was surprised. How I, I I couldn't remember ever watching a show where the, like thinking mm, I can't wait to see I can't wait to see Mabel the crowd will go absolutely insane, um, <laughs> but I, I, it, it's it's one of these it's one of these things that the benefit of hindsight that you don't ever think that that it was um, that, that men in a mission were, were 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 quite popular if given like the, the, how how far it goes down with King Mabel and all that sort of thing but they were they were loving it so highlight of this section was was just um, was just uh, the crowd coming unglued for for mm-hmm. for men in a mission. And the other highlight, of course, which Karen sort of alluded to, Logan, was uh, Mabel nearly killing Kevin Nash before any kind of push even started in his career. I mean, I think he did describe him as an unprofessional fucker at some point. So yes, yeah, that's um, the word so, did uh, come out that, of his mouth. <laughs> that is uh, that is a uh, exact quote at some point uh, further in history. But yes, uh, that does happen. Um, I made the exact comment that you did when you first started going on that uh, list of list of five, and I said a lot of beef in the ring at this point. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was Crush, uh, Diesel, Bigelow, uh, and then Mabel came out. So it was a lot, a lot of big guys. Um, but it, it makes Diesel look like a monster having to have five people eliminate him. And I love that Michaels kind of sneaks in and helps get that little extra push to get him out uh, to show that he's not really his buddy deep down. Um, and th- this this section was just a lot of ring filling. Um, nobody really gets eliminated throughout this except Diesel. Um, so the the ring is very much filling up at this point and seeing Hammer uh, yet again, like Callum said, uh, he's here still, you know, so uh, that was kind of shocking. But um, yeah, for some reason, uh, it's not because of anything they do in the ring, but uh, I, I, I've always said if you have a little sing song to the ring or you have something to chant along with, you're automatically more over than you probably should be. <laughs> Uh, or it'll help you get a little bit more over than you probably should be if you're, if you're not very talented. So I think they had that going for him for sure. See Elias. <laughs> as, as, as discussed in the latest episode of the Special Relations, listen to yes, here yes. on the Place to Be Wrestling Network. 
good, good soft plug there, Callum. Thank you very much, sir. See a road dog as well. Yes, indeed. He made a whole career out of it. Mm-hmm. And 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 the acclaimed talentless hacks that they are. Ooh. Ben. Boo! <laughs> no, I think you'll find. I think you'll find Callum. Yo. Logan is fully on the acclaimed train. Thank you. Listen. <laughs> You do not... need, need, need to glam on to Billy Gunn to be over. <laughs> that's the only part. That's the only part of Jim Ross that's entertaining anymore. Is when Max comes out to do the rap and uh, Jr. starts start going, "Listen, listen, you sons of bitches, listen." <laughs> I fucking love the acclaimed. <laughs> there's a reason they. There's a reason they shunted them onto rampage. <laughs> God, he's so bad. Oh man, he was all right on the, he was all right on this show, but that's only because we had him for a match. <laughs> that's true. Tony, Tony, scissor me, daddy, scissor me. Again, there's an image I don't need at this time of night. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, pal. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, number twenty-one is the tanker. As things should really step up, Sean meets him. And they go at it, pairing up in the corner, and everybody, everybody's pairing up. Sorry, in the corner now, as we need some more eliminations to take place. Speaking of, and speaking of which, uh, twenty-two is the great Kabuki who helps us with that, as he starts emotions for everybody apart from Mo to eliminate Mabel because Mo gets a spin kick from Kabuki, so he's out of the reckoning at that point. Number twenty-three is Lex Luger. And Ted Meldrew still can't believe it that he's here. He gets rid of Kabuki and starts on Crush and Bam Bam. Number 24 is Tenru, who immediately goes for Lex. And Ted correctly points out that his main aim is not to win the Rumble, but to stop Lex from winning it. Number 25 never appears, and the announcers speculate that it should have been Brett. Sean tries to eliminate Lex, who is able to pose in the corner like he's doing some sort of calendar spread. He got those abs, those beautifully defined abs straight onto camera. Um, So, Logan, at this point, we get rid of Mabel, but the ring is filling up, I would say, nicely. But, you know, do we we need 10 people in the ring at this point? Uh, Yeah, probably not. Um, I love that Tatanka felt the need to reapply his paint. Uh, yes. He definitely Very did important. that again. <laughs> um, Mabel gets dumped by everybody in the ring uh, when he gets thrown out. Uh, Kabuki may be the worst mercenary in the history of mercenaries, as he does absolutely nothing and doesn't go for Lex Luger at all when he's in the ring. And Lex Luger quickly dumps him when he does go after him shortly. So Fuji should definitely ask for his money back on that one. Um Tenru comes in and at least tries to help accomplish the goal of going after Luger and chopping him for a little bit. Uh, but Fuji for to overall be disappointed in, in the people that he hired to take out Lex Luger because their sole mission mission should have literally been to get Luger out of the match and crush Kabuki and Tenru all failed to do so. So uh, he should definitely be disappointed for sure. Uh, I, I, I'm with Logan Callum. I think uh, Fuji should be looking to get his money back from these guys. I mean, Fuji, he's not exactly always had the, the, the greatest business since um, see, uh, the Survivor Series 1988. 
leaving the tag champions for a, for a potential number one contender and then ne- yes. them never winning the then never never winning the tag titles. Um, see WrestleMania nine immediately giving Hulk Hogan a title shot, a fresh Hulk Hogan a title shot. So I mean, the man's business sense. That's obviously why he brought in James E. Um, but uh, yes, very very strange. He obviously over he obviously overruled uh, Cornette on this one and brought in his brought in his henchman from. From uh, Japan, but not very efficient, as you say. Tenru was slightly better, um, but Kabuki was Kabuki was there for a. I don't even know what Kabuki was there for. <laughs> a good time, not a long time. Certainly, he was just he was just there for the he was just there for the shits and giggles, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Kabuki so, was in the ring for two minutes and forty six seconds to be exact. There you go. There you go. The epitome of a good time, not a long time. <laughs> right for, the, for these final answers, guys. I'm going to go to number thirty, and then we'll uh, we'll do the we'll do the post the the, the final section as its own thing because that one goes that goes nearly as long as the match does. Bless it. <laughs> <laughs> number 20 number 26 is Rick Martel with his lovely powder blue tights on the main problem with this match is there is not a lot actually going on apart from punching, kicking and laying about number 27 is Brett who sells his, the leg injury magnificently as he's come down to the ring as we now have 11 men in the match but Vince is very very excited about seeing Sparky Plug for the first time and yes He's still in there. Number 28 is Fatu, and Tenru is attacking Brett's leg. Lex has one of Crush's legs over the top rope and then gets a pylon of other guys to eliminate Crush. Number 29 is Marty Giannetti, and of course, he and Sean go straight at it, like, and it's like things never, like 992, 993, never actually, he never had an injury. It was straight into things. Number 30 is Adam Bomb. With 13 men now still in the match. Or, gentlemen, if you prefer, nearly half the fucking field are still in the match at number 30. Um, Luke, and I don't know if you detected, but I had a slight problem with the, the sheer amount of people in this match at this point. Any slight, <laughs> any slight issue? Just, just, just slightly. I, I, I can feel, I can yeah. feel a little bit coming from you right now. Um, but uh, yeah, th- there, there were a few too many people in this match at this point, and I, I'll get into some uh, statistics as we go on oh, towards the end of the match. Good. But um, Ooh, I love a good start. Yeah, Martel, Martel still being around at this point is wild. Um, I, I, he was kind of another Greg Valentine. I, I know he was in that. Uh, battle Royal for the IC title and uh, that's who Razor beat to be the Intercontinental Champion but I, I every time he pops up in this era I'm just like he's still around What? where, where did he come from um, but I, I also think it would have been perfect for this is where part, part where I put would have put Owen in the ring uh, so when Brett comes out he can immediately come out and have Brett kick his ass and chuck him out of the ring uh, to kind of get revenge for earlier but um, I don't know why they didn't do that but I think that would have been a little bit better of a story um, we did the 96 rumble on this show last year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yes. in both, in both this rumble and that rumble, Janetti comes in at number 29 and him and Sean like immediately go at each other. So I love that. That's a thing that happens in both of those. Um, uh, like you were kind of saying, I feel like the, uh, I feel like the ring should have started clearing out a little bit quicker. Once bomb came in, once number 30 came in, but, uh, we'll get into the, uh, rest of the match, uh, as you go on. 
Yes, uh, Callum, like I say, I, I think they were getting ready for the, uh, the 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 final part of the match, but there really was absolutely nothing going on here in these final five. No, and and as you say, when, when you were talking about the sheer amount of guys that are in the ring, but, but the wrestling ring's only so big, you know, stating the obvious, but clearly, but the more guys you have in it, the less room you've got to do anything. And then it becomes it starts to bog down as you say punch kick because there's not a lot there's nothing else you can really do at that point because mm. you can't throw guys about you'll hit somebody you can't do these big moves because you'll probably hit somebody just yeah so a bit a bit better pacing of the a more evenly spread elimination would probably be the better way to go. Um, on pure entrances into the match, uh, if if this was now, I can't remember if this if this may have already been confirmed that this was the the, the test uh, Brett versus Luger, who's gonna who's gonna um, go to WrestleMania, but purely based on the entrances into the match, Brett won Luger nil. Oh. Um, Luger's pop was good. Don't get me wrong, the crowd does does love a bit of a bit of, a bit of uh, flexi lexi, but he's not thingy. He's not. Um, not nowhere near the popularity of Brett. Um, uh, Adam Bomb's going to win this Royal Rumble was an actual quote from I can't remember. I didn't write it down. Uh, I probably Dibiase at this point, knowing, knowing how his track record on this show. Um, my comment to that is unlikely. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, he still, he still he still won't believe it. No, um, I don't believe it. He's come in. He's come in thirty. He's fresher than everyone else, and he's a big unit. And like, we've had how many? We've been doing this since nineteen eighty-eight. <laughs> who, who's ever won from? Who's ever won from thirty? Come on, sir. Calm yourself. It's Adam Bomb for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean it, was, it was fine. How many people have actually won from thirty? Taker and somebody else. I'm, I'm Cena. Cena. Yeah. Oh, and Triple oh, H. Oh, no, Edge. No, Edge. Triple H. Yeah. Triple H. Was Triple H 30? He won 29, was it? 20, 20, 26, yeah. Or t- 2016. Blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I knew, I knew which one you, you meant. Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. So, so what's that? That's not a very good strike rate. Three over 30 odd years. And, and, and Becky. Uh, and Brock. <laughs> oh, oh, guys, five, well, five's still not brilliant. Five, but, but I think that has been, I think at this so you've had what? Does that's was Brock thirty last year? I want to say he yes. was either twenty nine or thirty. Yeah, I think yes. he was thirty. Bad <laughs> Bunny was well, twenty nine. He, he was definitely was because, like I meant, I mentioned on the mentioned on special relations, like on that Twitch call where Tim says we know exactly who's going to win this and who's coming out next and he's winning it and that's kind of a problem. But you, but so eighty eight to eighty eight to twenty twenty two inclusive. That's what thirty five. No. No. Yes. Yes, five. Thirty-five plus another four women, so you're almost at forty Royal Rumbles. Five women from thirty, and that's I mean that's like twelve and a half percent almost give or take. Twelve percent. That's not a good rate of return. Again, again, this is why you gentlemen are on this are on with me. You know, you you bring the stats and the maths, and I love you for it. <laughs> we do. We do try. Uh, what also tries is the final part of this match. Let's get to that. Brett eliminates Sparky, and we find out it was Bastion Bugger who should have come out at 25, but he had a mild bit of food poisoning, apparently, so couldn't make it. 
still, there's still not a lot going on, despite what Vince says. Sean goes after Brett's leg, but and Martel eliminates Valentine in a battle of the veterans. And then it's Martel's turn to be eliminated, this time by Tatanka. At this point of the match, we are getting rapid-fire eliminations as Adam Bomb takes a run at Lex Luger, who ducks and Adam Bomb goes over the top rope, much to Ted DiBiase's chagrin. On the other side, Mo is eliminated by Fatu. Bam Bam gets rid of Tatanka. Bam Bam then takes a run at Lex Luger in the corner, who moves, and somehow Bam Bam ends up on the apron. So Luger eliminates him. Sean gets rid of Marty, and Tenru falls foul of Fatu's hard head. He's then eliminated by Brett and Luger. The final four somehow has Fatu in it with Luger, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and it's now Luger's turn to find out about Samoan wrestling biology as he tries to hit Samu's head uh, Fatu's head sorry and it has no effect there is a double team by Shawn and Fatu but Lex escapes and is a house of fire Shawn and Fatu both get back dropped out of the ring by Bret and Luger at the same time who then fight by the ropes and in a rather famous ending throw each other over at the same time. The refs have a discussion, but don't have a fucking clue what's going on. And Luger gets announced. Earl is having none of that. And then Brett gets announced. And now one ref holds one competitor's hand while the other has the other holds the hand of the other person. Jack Tunney comes out and declares that both men are the winners because he has no fucking clue either. Um, <laughs> so... Like, like, like. I mean, I know I, I sound like a broken record, Callum, but you know we've gone through this stage of having holding all these guys up to the end, and then we just go like rapid fire eliminations. Like, just spread the fucking thing out. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I mean, spread spread them out. But even even the last thing, so even the, the last two. So I've got a note here: great great value warrior Hogan stared down. Mm. Um, so they've tried to recreate 1990 um, with with sort of slightly um, less popular guys. No disrespect to the two in there, and it was you, it's one of these ones you can only ever do it once, and it's only ever going to be great once. Um, after that, it's just a rinse and repeat. Um, but it, I don't remember the fight like the two of them falling over the ropes happening so quickly after they cleared the ring. Yes, yes. It was it was almost as if they've they've. They've been given the thing that they need that they need to wrap things up like really quickly. It was it was really really strange to see. Um, now I did think that the whole the, the the presentation of it was they couldn't quite find the camera angle. And now this, um, having watched this uh, immediately after um, an FA Cup game today, where the VAR couldn't <laughs> VAR couldn't give a goal which was clearly onside because they didn't have the correct camera angle to confirm it. Uh-huh. Um, I think like even the one the guys at ringside it's it's obscured by the turnbuckle or the ring post or something. So that was it was really, really well done. To the point that if they had and Brett and Luger had a thing that if they if they if they had the right camera angle, they probably would have finished on like right at the same time again. I can't remember if there's ever been a camera angle that shows that they've bounced at the same time, but it was really, really well done. Um, and I, I, again, just to, to, to date the thing, uh, date the show uh, even more, 
in the week where I, I've watched a lot, they, we've had the, at the start of the week, you had the, the, the Mar Hamlin uh, Monday Night Football incident, and in the week, the, the, the NFL can't come up with a, a, a way to sort of like move things forward. Coming out to see Jack Tunney yesterday, having watched stuff on YouTube all week about how the NFL can't, can't make the right decision, here comes Jack Tunney. And just goes, everyone's in. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> we'll have a, and, and it ends up with a coin toss to see who's, who has home field advantage at Madison Square Garden as well. It's like, it's all tying in. <laughs> now, I've left him to the end this time, look, because I know he's on the highway. He loves it a bit with dodgy officiating. Uh, Logan, I, 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 when, when this argument happened, I instantly thought of you and your rage. I can sense your rage building. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing like a good uh, referee argument to show how incompetent both of them are at the same time. Um, but the, but I, I have a few stats to put out before. Um, let's let's do it. Let's let's start. So up. there are eight guys that lasted more than twenty minutes in this match, and it's a real cavalcade of people. Um, but I'm going to go through that list right now. Uh, Bam, Bam Bam is our Iron Man in this match. He lasts 30 minutes and 12 seconds. Shawn Michaels, who understandably lasts 29 minutes and 17 seconds. Crush lasts 25 minutes and 3 seconds. Men on a Mission Mo lasts 22 minutes and 46 seconds. Co-winner. Mo. Yeah. Co-winner Lex Luger lasts 21.58. And these three, last three are real winners right here. Sparky Thurman Plug, 2133. <laughs> I would like, to, like you to venture how many eliminations he got in that time. Uh, uh, the, same amount of, the same amount of NASCAR wins that he's had, the, 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 the zero. So he actually came out with three. But guess what? All three of them were the combo eliminations where they dumped Every guy, so really, I say, he eliminated he, no one. <laughs> I was about to say, he, was a, what, did he, he, he must have done the pylon eliminations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he, he technically eliminated Mabel, and he technically eliminated Diesel. Uh, I believe there was one other one where a bunch of people eliminated other people, and uh, he was in on that as well. So really, he eliminated no one. Um, but 2133 for Sparky Thurman Plug. Uh, Greg Valentine, 2039. And finally... Ben Locke's boy, Tatanka, comes in. Yes! 20 and 7 seconds. So, 8 people over 20 seconds. And some real winners in that list, for sure. Greg um, Valentine over 20 minutes in the year of our Lord 1994. Yep. <laughs> yeah. but, we all know, but we all know, at 20 minutes, he wouldn't have even been warmed up at that stage. Yep. Okay, that is well. I was say if I went more than fifteen minutes, it would probably be in a more appalling list than that. But um, <laughs> yeah, there were there were a good good bit too many people at at the end of this match. Um, I I don't know how it happens, but it seems like Fatu slash Rikishi slash Sultan or whatever you want to call him, whatever he, all all the gimmicks he was throughout his career, he seems to always be at the end of these things. I feel like he 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 like sneakily makes a lot of final fours somehow in in, in these matches. Uh, he probably didn't make as many as I think, but I feel like he's always kind of there towards the end, no matter what his gimmick is. Um, <laughs> but I really like Luger and Hart at the same time, kind of backdrop uh, Michaels and Fatu out of the ring. Yeah, that was, um, good. That was good. 
yeah, thought that was a really good. solid spot. Um, and I'm kind of like Callum. I didn't realize the uh, the double elimination happens uh, as quickly after that as they did. I, I don't love the tie. I think it's kind of stupid. But as uh, I, I could tell, uh, you know, you could tell that they're super conflicted about who they want to go with. So I get it at the same time. But it's just not the most exciting way to end a pay per view. And, and it really like to go along with the rest of the night. Uh, it seems like a lot of things just last a lot longer than they should. But um, just this, all the stuff after the match, I feel like it goes on for forever. And then the show finally ends, and they're like, "Oh well, we we're going to call it a tie." And they both get a shot at WrestleMania. But uh, join us tomorrow night on Raw. So, um, but yeah, it was just. Just a mess at the end, but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the match for the most part, but yeah, just not the best ending. New, no. um, what you what you gonna rank it? Um, I just I, I love the rumble. I, I'm I'm always probably gonna overrate these, but I went three and a half on it. You sir are crazy, uh, Callum. I, I mean, I love the rumble as well, but I wouldn't say three and a half. There was some, there was some good bits in it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disparage any of the anything like that. But oh, three and a half, I think, is is a, is a tad too high. I went two and a half because it's it's not the worst rumble we've ever seen. I think we were we, we we talked about this the other night, Ben. Not the worst rumble we've ever seen, and even the worst rumbles, barring a couple. Of, of real stinkers are never that bad. So I think uh, run-of-the-mill rumbles, middle-of-the-road rumbles have to go for a middle-of-the-road rating. So 2.5 for me. I, and and we, we, we thought, I sort of said off air that you know I might go a low rate, but I'm not actually the lowest. I went two and three quarters on it. So, I mean, it's not like I said, it's not the worst rumble ever, but my God, it's the dullest rumble ever. <laughs> See, I, I I put a lot of fa- I put a lot of uh, chips into the diesel run. I, I really really enjoy that part, and I well, love the, seeing MO people down. So the the diesel the diesel runs what bumps it up from two and a quarter to two and a half to two and three. <laughs> See, I just love the rumble so much. So like even like like the baseline for a rumble for me is three. So I I put the half star on top of that. So okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's kind of where I go with it. Um, so at this point, gentlemen, that is the end of the show, but it's not the end of our show as we have got some awards to give out. Logan, um, actually, I'll say to Callum as well. I mean, are we all right in saying that we think the best match on this show is the tag title match, or does Logan want to give it to the Royal Rumble? Hmm. No, I'm good with going with the tag match. That's fine. Yeah, okay. Uh, has, tag, ma- has, tag match. Yeah, has to be tag. Yep, has to be tag match for me. Okay. Uh, wor- I'll stick with you, Callum. Worst match of the show. Casket match, I think. Uh, Logan? Gotta give it to Undertaker and Yakazuna. Now, I I rated that <laughs> lower, but I actually gave the, my worst match to IRS Razor because at least at least the world time match was memorable. That was just some that was just darn awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I I could I could be sweet. I could be sweet on that one because that one was a steaming pile of shite as well. Now, <laughs> now, Logan, on a five-match card, do we have a match that was most surprising on the show? It's always surprising could be good or bad. I, I feel like we've bragged on Tatanka as much as possible in these... Uh, in these uh, <laughs> pod, or Mostly me and Sean, but I feel like we rag on Tatanka pretty often. But I, I think that match kind of surprised me that it was pretty, you know, all right. <laughs> well, that's because... That's because he's excellent. Come on. 
<laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Callum? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was... It, I could, I, I, I can, I can go for that one. I, yeah. I mean, because the other ones weren't, weren't overly, weren't overly surprising. I, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, go, go for that. Yeah, go for that. that. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Um, speaking of our good friend, Mister Kid, um, has there been any particular shit takes of the evening tonight? Um, I mean, apart from Logan rating that match three and a half, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of one. To be fair. Um, no, I can't really think of. That's I can't really think of one. Me, it's fine. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, well, I'm saying that, but three and a half isn't a mile away from what me and Callum rated it. So, mm. no, it's not that as if you, it's it not be... as if you went like four and a half. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would only be, 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 I would only be begrudgingly giving it to you. I wouldn't be like, <laughs> you've got to have it. <laughs> The real, sh- the real shit take of the night is me not winning the rumples. Would it really? That is, so. that well, is yes, yes, oh. yes, big, yes, big man. Um, any hidden gems tonight? Um, I've got the actual tag title match itself because I'd forgot how good that actually was. Nah, yeah, nothing other than that. But I, I feel like that one's pretty uh, well known uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I don't know how hidden it is, but I, I, I'll give it to you. Mm. I mean, I, I was talking about the actual, just the actual match, not the whole package. Yeah. Just oh, the yeah, actual, yeah, I got you. the actual mm. match. Uh, Callum. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably the, that's probably the, the 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 only one I can think of. Is that watching it back this time, you see how just how good Owen was during the match and how mm. it built into the story. Yeah, so yeah, yes, yeah. I can. Oh, oh, we seem to be agreeing a lot tonight. But yes, we're, I I'll, I'll, I'll agree. With, I'll agree with that one as well. It's not. It's not right. I don't. I don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't uh, like it, and I don't I, want to do it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care for it, mother. <laughs> okay. Uh, fashion statement for the night, Logan. There was a few contenders on tonight's show. I've got three. Uh, what about you? Have you? Who are you giving it to? I mean, uh, Mabel with the trash bag purple uh, outfit is always a. Uh... He's always a contender, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Razor's teal outfit. I thought that yeah. was one that I think yeah. this is the only time he ever busted out, so I'm going to go with that. That was one of mine too. Uh, Callum? Um, well, I've got a, I've got an anti-fashion um, statement where Mo was coming out in his trash bag, but he was spilling right out of it. It was very ugly. <laughs> but, and, and, and the world's most colourful rumble, I think I might have to actually go. I mean, it's not going to be too um, out there uh, for 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 what he's normally wearing, but I think I've got given the, what we've what we've done this week. I think I've got to give it to the Macho Man Kyoko and Yui. Yes, <laughs> uh, Savage was Savage was another one of mine. So yeah, and I'd also got, and I don't know if you guys noticed it, but in the crowd there was it, actually in the main in the in the lower bowl there was a family wearing those '94 Razor Ramon t-shirts that everybody hated the yellow oh, ones. Oh God, yeah! And there was a whole like there was like five five or six of them all together. I was like, yeah, there's a look. Nothing says '94 more than that. <laughs> oh good and God, yeah, that's bad. Our, <laughs> our final award of the night is the most important award of all. So, Callum. Is the show chicken shit salad or chicken shit? Um, I've certainly watched a lot worse. I think it's probably, I think it's probably 
just creeped in, just creeped into the uh, the, the the chicken salad for me. Because oh, I mean, okay. I, I would. I, it's not. It's not an all-time bad show. If I wanted to, it's one that I, I I could throw on again if I wanted to because you've got the tag title match because you've got um, Big D running through everybody. Um, and the rumble, it wasn't the worst rumble in the world. I, I could, I could see myself, and then we had the surprising opener. I could see myself putting it on again um, at, at some point. So it's, it's not a bash at the beach, nineteen ninety nine, where I never want to see it ever again. Um, oh. Yeah, so I think we've creeped. I think we've creeped into into salad territory there. I, I would say, and I know Logan is the king of the salad analogy. I would say this is like an inoffensive bit of supermarket salad. <laughs> you know, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna remember it tomorrow but it'll it'll fill a gap yeah this is like a fast food restaurant salad like uh you know you know you you, you're you're not going to expect the highest quality uh going in but you know it'll satisfy the hunger that you have in your stomach so um it it may not be the best one but it's one that you can always look to for comfort and uh to appease you for the 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 time being so um definitely salad but uh it's it's definitely closer uh, closer to the line than uh, some shows have been. <laughs> All right, and as for the league table, gentlemen, um, I think it'll be best to say where our previous two Royal Rumbles have been on that league table, and then we can sort of go from there. So, Royal Rumble 06, when we did that, that charts in now at number 12. Uh, Logan is quite right. Last year, we did Royal Rumble 96, and that show is at number 21. So I I would say this show is not better than the Royal Rumble of '96, but I'm happy to be outvoted if need be. It's not it's not like a deal breaker or anything. No, Rumble '96 is much better than the show. Okay, <laughs> in my but opinion, Rumble '96 is better. Yeah, Rumble '96 <laughs> better, but at the same time, Rumble '06 is worse. I oh, would much say. Worse. I think we're, yeah. So Not what I'll do, I'll I will I will start at number twenty, and then we can work our way up, and then we can just decide where this goes. So twenty is Breaking Point oh nine, then WrestleMania sixteen, then Slamboree ninety three, WrestleMania twenty seven, Bash at the Beach two thousand, Great American Bash ninety nine, Uncensored ninety five, and SummerSlam twenty ten. So to distill it down even further, I would say it's got to be a but well. It's got to be above WrestleMania, uh, Bash at the Beach 2000. So that's number 16. So it's got to be sort of 17 to 22, I would say, in that range. I, was I wish I wish thinking. I could remember more about Slamboree 93 because I'm thinking either above that or below that. I'm not sure. See, I'm just, let me, great bit of, great bit of podcasting. Let me get the Slamboree 93. Mm-hmm. Card up. That's on. That's on. We did. That's the episode we did with Schiff. I remember. So I remember who we did the episode with. Yeah. <laughs> see, I wasn't. I wasn't on that one. You see, that was the that was that was the dark times. Um, <laughs> I think that was. One, I think that was like the next to last one with Sean on it. So yeah, Sean, so, when uh, Sean was checking it, when uh, Sean was checking out. <laughs> oh, that 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 had the Dory Funk Nick Bonkwinkle class. Oh, so yeah. that's got Dory okay, Funk Nick Bonkwinkle. This, this is better than this is better than that then straight it's away. It's got the it's got the Blondes Dos Hombres cage match, Wyndham against Arn and Davy Boy against Vader were your last three matches. Yeah, yeah it was like than... it was like disappointing, disappointing, disappointing as it, as it went. So. Um, that was that was right. That was the infamous Sean and the shit argued about old wrestling and new wrestling or nineties wrestling at this point. Yep. So I, I'm gonna go 
between that and WrestleMania 16 as well. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy with that. I'm happy with that. I would have been the very, only reason very I disappointed. put WrestleMania 16 above it is because of the triangle ladder match. That's literally the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Let me yes. let me just put let me just put that there. I'll do. I'm going to update the table as we're talking. The high points are higher than 16. I would have been very disappointed if we put it below WrestleMania 27 because I hate WrestleMania 27 with a passion. I think it's like. As like the fiftieth episode of the show, we should do like a three or four hour spectacular where we rewatch all of these shows. And <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would love that. <laughs> John okay. loves that as well. He loves a good list. Get spreadsheets out, boys. Yeah, yeah. We, you know how much we love a spreadsheet on this program. Mm-hmm. He says while well, he's updating one right now as he's talking. <laughs> No, that's a, that's a Google Doc, that's different. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, thank you. <laughs> Alright, uh, Logan, anything you would like to plug while you're here? Um, yeah, just a couple of things. Uh, YouTube Roulette, we'll be recording the next episode of that, and I actually chose another Japanese women's match to make you guys uh, even prouder of me, so... Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the Starflation episode uh, inspired me, so I picked another one for that. Um, Highway to the Impact Zone, we just recorded the next episode of that. Uh, it was me, Matt, and Jake. Uh, Sean can join us as per usual. Um, seven months, <laughs> shock, seven- horror, shock horror! <laughs> uh, seven, seven months of danger i will be recording the next episode of that pretty shortly and then who's next uh where me and andy go through current day nxt excellent uh callum anything that you would like to uh tell the ladies and gentlemen about hey well logan briefly briefly mentioned that the only pods that i still do other than uh, well both of you guys are the only the only guys i do other than rory um as who i do pods with at the minute um Logan briefly mentioned that the, the Starflation this month is an absolute banger. I've sent it to um, the the. It's coming your way very soon. Um, it may already be out by the time that, that this that this drops. I implore you that the YouTube link is in the show notes. I implore you to watch that. This is the first time that I am begging you to watch this match as well because it. it think we were all pleasantly very pleasantly surprised very about pleasantly how good surprised. It, about how good it was i implore you to watch this along it is an hour long so if you've got an hour to spare um please watch please watch along with it because it is absolutely superb and uh, as we've mentioned a couple of times tonight the special relations is back as well for our festive special um <laughs> uh, uh, our, our, special. Either late for 2022 or very early for 2023, Logan. Yeah. However you want to pitch it. <laughs> I, I think it's probably best to call the holiday season special that was that was yes. we originally tried to do before Christmas. Then Rory came down ill, I came down ill, and then we tried the to Lurgy. do it with the Lurgy, yes. With the Lurgy, well remembered. <laughs> and then we tried to record between Christmas and New Year. We pushed it back a week, tried to record it between Christmas and New Year. Then Ben, ben fell out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, the, the the podcast gods are trying to trying to keep the special relations off the airwaves, but fear not, we have pushed through and we will. That, that, that's coming your way again. And probably will already be out by the time you listen to this. So, yep. uh, listen to the... Uh, we live watched both 2018 rounds. Rumbles. We did. Uh, I like, unlike, um, and like Callum said, and I'll reiterate it. Go, go out your way to listen to and watch that Starflation match. The 
because I was in that boat. I really didn't want to watch a women's eight-man tag at one o'clock in the morning as it was. And then I'm bloody glad I did stay up and watch it because it is it was awesome. Abs- and it also had a and oh, Age of Kong just absolutely beating the shit out of people was just glorious. <laughs> That is there is one particular so it's an iron woman, an iron woman match eight pairs eight eight women iron woman match very word very wordy but there is a particular elimination you will know it when you see it uh, so a particular fall that Aja Kong uh, wins and it's got to, it's just wonderful it has to be seen to be believed it is just excellent. So yeah, over, over the course of this Starflation podcast, we have just turned into Japanese marks. Meltzer, what have you done to us? <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's it from us. Uh, remember, everybody, in a world where you could be anything that you want to be, be kind. Uh, thank you to Logan. Thank you to Callum. And thank you to you for listening. My name's Ben Locke, and we will see you next month for more Chicken Salad. Be kind or be sexy. You can wear my shoes <laughs> and a tug like me and be an angel too. But maybe you ain't never gonna feel this way. You ain't never gonna know me. But I know you. Singing in our things Can only get better Can only get better If we see it through That means me and I mean you too So teach me not a thing Can only get better Can only get Can only get Take it on from me, you know I know that things can only get better